Hello, and welcome to another episode of Sim Sunday's podcast. Uh, this is another one of those episodes where I didn't actually get to hang out with Tom. And Tom, who were you with this time? So, Red Bull Racing. What? Oh, sorry, no. I, I was told by the by uh, Laura, uh, head <laughs> of comms over there. It's the Oracle Red Bull Racing esports driver, Sebastian Job. That is funny because every single time I watch Drive to Survive and they like have to do the like cadence of words mm -hmm. connected to their racing team. Very similar. So I totally, I could get a kick out of that. Uh, I'm excited to hear this episode. So uh, hopefully y'all enjoy it as much as I'm sure Tom did when he got to do it. So I did. So Seb, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Really appreciate it. You are a busy man. This has been a. This has been. A, I'm not going to say it was difficult to to get a slot, but it's uh, you're you're clearly in demand. Yeah, it's it's been a very busy few weeks. Um, much even more busy than normal to be honest, because I'm basically, I was doing three competitions. I'm doing two, but they're on two different games. So it's been uh, very demanding practice wise, having to swap between them a lot um yeah just busy 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 at the moment but i i think um a couple more weeks and then i'm free for a bit um so i'm looking forward to that it's been uh yeah a hectic couple months i mean when you first decided that you were going to go uh and try and be an esports driver i reckon if you could fast forward and see that you're busy because you've got stuff on you've got races to do things to practice for like media engagements you probably would have thought nah as if i wish yeah it's especially considered that when i first started doing it there was none of this it was um no one did it professionally no one was getting interviews podcasts none of that it's all blown up big time in the last few years and I, yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't have uh, expected any of this. It's it's a good problem to have, though. I'd rather that than be uh, bored out of my mind and with nothing to do yeah. because all, all it is is just practice, practice. Um, so it's good to mix it up. Well, I was looking at your timeline. So you're 23 years old now and you started iRacing when you were 15. So you've kind of joined at exactly the right point on the curve, right? So as you say, when you first started 2015, iRacing perhaps wasn't the big name that it is now. Sim racing certainly wasn't anywhere near as big as it is now. So you've kind of you've kind of uh, seen both sides of it. You've seen what it was like before. You were kind of part of the the hardcore group, and and now here you are, dressed up in in Red Bull merch, which is which is pretty nuts. But tell us about the early days. Tell us about like 2015. What did your what did your racing look like? Yeah, it, it was actually um 2013. I started, but I think. I probably appears as 2015 because i didn't really win anything until then but i actually joined nice. in 2013 like <laughs> um basically that there was a thing on iRacing saying there was an age limit and you had to turn 13 and so on my 13th birthday i signed up um but it was yeah i basically spent the first year uh kind of like everyone does you know doing the rookie races on iRacing um getting but i joined like nice. an academy um on iRacing which was really helpful um actually helped me learn a lot and uh you know I s unintentionally but uh surrounded myself with people a lot better than me and I could learn from them basically which made a quite a big difference and then in 2014 I think I qualified for the pro series of iRacing and then the pro series I got into the 
World Championship by competing in that. And then I think 2015 is probably my first year of that. It's, it's all a bit of a blur, to be honest. For... And that was pure, like, democratic, just all-out pace, high I rating, qualifying for the highest levels in, in I racing, and then just, you know, qualifying as, as anybody who races I, I racing now could qualify. And it, there was no kind of, you know, fast track because of whatever. It's not like invite only. It was just pure speed. Exactly. And that's how it should be. You know, if you're fast enough, you can get in. It doesn't matter who you race for, who you know. Uh, it was just, uh, you got to build up your I rating a little bit in the first space just to get into the higher splits. But then from that point on, everyone's allowed. As long as you don't go mm. talking some nonsense on twitter or something that yeah angers yeah. i racing that's really interesting that's um i wasn't going to dive straight into this um or, or potentially i wasn't going to talk about this at all but since you've mentioned it you said that's how it should be i you know qualifying for competitions should be purely about pace now that's not the case i know like our, our sim racing team uh we qualified for the sro uh european sprint championships just on pure pace so they got one of the um the pro-am spots um through pace but the on-site one was invitation only so we go we went to monza and we're off to paul ricard and that was invitation only obviously ren sport famously invitation only so what's your take on that there seems to be a bit of a trend towards invitation only events probably to get the profile of the events up because they want the mclarens red bulls ferraris to go rather than dave smith in his <laughs> garage that nobody knows so you know in terms of viewership i guess that's why they do it but what's your take on it yeah i think i think you, you there has to be well for me f1 esports is the only one where i think it's kind of acceptable because the f1 teams have to be in it and the f1 teams have to pick like i don't think uh red bull would be happy if they just got randomly assigned a driver that qualified mm. you know and then they can't pick so and to be fair with with F1 esports, you know, you're still having to go through the pro draft, which is very much a, um, you know, you, you have to be fast to get in. It's not like you can be invited if you're two seconds off pace. Yeah. Um, so that it's not strictly invite only or anything, because anyone can qualify. It's just if you're not good enough, you don't get picked. Um, yeah. So the teams are the teams are fixed. The drivers aren't, I guess. Yeah. In, in that in that instance. Exactly. Uh, whereas with Ren Sport, I think it's it's different because it's early stages i think it's somewhat more acceptable because it's almost like i at least i hope the plan is to open it up more in the future but as of right now i'm pretty sure they just can't handle more people on the servers so mm -hmm. they had to limit it but i think um maybe it, it's all right but it's definitely not ideal it's, it's hard for me to say because you know i i saw people when it all got announced there's a lot of people who probably felt they should have been invited saying, oh, it's, it looks rubbish because, and I know I'd probably be like that if I also knew I couldn't be involved, <laughs> but at the same yeah. time I'm there like, I didn't want to go anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we're basically just being paid to test the game out. Right. Because, and you, you might not even, I... you might not even get money for it because uh, yeah. it's, you have to win prize money for that. And it, it that's really interesting. It's a really we weird had one. Josh Morris on the show a couple of weeks ago, and we had Morris on the show last week. And I came up with this theory that essentially they're getting the best testers in the world on their platform before it comes out. And then I put it to Morris as well. And, you know, he, he, 
can't didn't deny it. it was a bit obviously we're getting great testers but it was obviously there's obviously a lot more to it so that's really interesting so let's so you said that you're doing two championships at the moment on two different games tell us what you're what you're doing at the moment yeah so i'm doing as we spoke about ren sport um i'm doing the final three rounds of the esl r1 series uh, but i'm doing that for g2 esports rather than red bull um uh, to be honest for the first round that i did i was like really excited for it and um really enjoying the game and i somehow got into the final which i was a bit surprised by and then i qualified on pole for the final and i was like whoa i saw i was watching and then because it's a game that's early in testing uh i had a bug that gave basically meant that our normal starting procedure didn't work and i started moving on the grid and i got got a jump start and so mm. it was like I, it's almost a guarantee if you start on pole you're probably going to win it especially on that track so i went f- because it's so hard to overtake so i went from almost a guaranteed 60 points to 20 and that just killed the motivation a bit and then they also said that they changed the dates so that the final like the major of r1 now clashes with the final round of pesk so i i knew which leads me on to my other competition, which is Porsche Esports Super Cup. Um, mm. And because that's gone a bit better the last few rounds, I'm now, I can't really skip the final round uh, to go to the major. So it's, uh, even if I qualified. Um, so yeah, th- there's been a bit of a clash in that, which makes it a bit trickier to enjoy Ren Sport as much as I want to at the moment, because I know it's kind of like, I'm just practicing for something that, it's still it's still learning the game ready for the next season which i'll do but uh yeah it's yeah a little bit of a a shame a missed opportunity almost yeah especially being as competitive as i assume you are that would be that would be very it's a it's a, it's a tough pill to swallow that so tell us a bit about your experience as a driver going to run sport uh, and going to esl r1 what did you notice was there anything different about going to an event organized by, you know, ESL, this enormous American esports organization that's, you know, famous for putting on kind of your more traditional esports? What is what was it like going to an, an ESL event versus your other sim racing events? Um, well, to be fair, in F1 esports, the first thing I was going to say is we had driver briefings, which we don't get in iRacing, which I think is um, a real shame. We get like an email before the race of notes but yeah. we don't actually get a proper driver's briefing where we can ask questions and whatnot um so there's that but we, we've already had that in uh f1 esports i think there's probably a little bit of lack of experience for yourself because it's that they've not really done much sim racing uh so there's some things that the drivers have had to bring up and say or this could be better like i think especially the broadcast is there's too much downtime and um mm. kind of dead air in that sense where they're just had, having to add filler rather than seeing some exciting racing luke crane and uh gamer muscle did a i thought they put in a stellar effort to to fill that time it yeah. was it was almost entertaining haven't met them both before they're obviously both big big characters so watching them trying to fill this time and, and watching gamer muscle do is <laughs> is kind of like hot lap demonstration around the track yeah. was really entertaining but i think that's like maybe me watching it like perhaps enjoying the spectacle i enjoyed a bit if you were there to watch pure yeah. sports i see exactly what you mean well, to be fair i thought them the the first 
two round what was it first two rounds that they didn't land i thought they were a lot better than the online ones i really i actually enjoyed watching the um the, the LAN rounds um, I, mm. I definitely think it could have been improved still slightly but since they've gone to online it's um, definitely the quality's gone down I don't know why they got rid of Luke because I thought he was really really good um, and I've told him that I said it's such a shame he's a big character yeah he, he, he was really good at that um, but now I think because of the issues like with online like things aren't working as smoothly you know it's it's a lot more difficult to make everything work when you're having to speak to people that are hundreds of miles away and you know you can't just go and grab someone say you need to be ready at this point or whatever uh i think it's just gone a little bit worse because of that so i'm hoping that when they go to the major it will be a lot better again and i also think it's just way better for uh competitions if you have cameras on people in person you can yeah start to see their personality more it, it's it just looks crap if they're like in their in the corner of their bedroom or something like it just doesn't <laughs> look as good uh, so I'm, yeah i'm looking forward to that i'm just a bit disappointed that i won't be there yeah so um I'm, I'm conscious that i think the last three episodes that we've had of this podcast we've basically focused on ren sport so let's put ren sport to one side i'm really interested in your um i racing career today because you seem to have found a specialism in the in porsche you seem to be you, racing porsches seems to be your your thing in fact i'm sure when uh i think it was mike Yao who was like you should speak to so mike Yao who does simply race in milton Keynes and he does all the broadcasting for sro and does a lot of broadcasting for esports he's like you speak to um Seb job um and i was like i'm sure is he the porsche driver and i think i thought that because you race porsches so much so is that what's the affinity to porsche honestly it's just where the money is like if i'm being completely right. honest with you it's <laughs> i like it's your the world championship <laughs> that's where the money in iRacing is that's the biggest competition um i have to make a living and i also honestly i think more importantly than the money is the fact that it's the best drivers and i mm. i, I want to be the world champion and i achieved that in 2020 and that was like the biggest moment of my yeah. sim racing career and i've been trying to replicate it but some uh tough seasons have gone the way but it's if if they um suddenly went oh okay next year we're racing um an f1 car I, i'd be racing that i, I have no reason to be a racing Porsche it's just that that's been the sponsor of the series for the last five years um so it just happened to be like that you know before that I was racing the McLaren F1 car in the Irish World Championship and then before that it was the Williams F1 car so it's just yeah. whatever car that they they say uh, and then there was uh, a VCO competition a couple of years back in F3 that I raced. I raced um, Kia's back in 2015. I did a lot of skip barber when I first started. I I, I don't nice. mind driving. Skip barber. Yeah, I, I love it as well. It's great. I'd love to see a world championship in that because I think the racing would be amazing. Mm. But I yeah, I will race anything. It's just wherever the biggest competition is, that's where I want to be. That's why I went and did F1 esports as well because it is it's the best and I want to be the best. So tell us about your F1 esports experience then, because I think, you know, as much as if you're a sim racer, um, the iRacing platform is up there as is one of the best racing platforms alongside perhaps R Factor 2 and, and now ACC. Um, but there's something about F1 esports being attached to F1 rather than the game itself, which elevates it 
in terms of the the level that you're then operating on and the experience of the whole thing so tell us tell us what it was like racing in f1 esports and being part of like genuinely being part of f1 yeah i th- it is a very different thing and i'm i think that was part of the pull of what made me want to go and do it as well because like i said it's the biggest competition but also you didn't just tell every f1 team kind of cares more about f1 esports than the other competitions not they don't care about the other competitions but you mm. can tell this is like the big one for them yeah. and i wanted to be a part of that i wanted to be able to um help out of that and kind of maximize the use of like we had uh engineer or um strategists from red bull helping out with us uh during the season you know making um loads of mm. data that we can look at to decide our strategies we had um all, all the drivers going to Milton Keynes to race from there f- and boot camp for weeks. It's just, yeah, yeah. it was a very cool thing to be a part of and I didn't want to miss out on that. But the thing is, I joined F1 Esports because I wanted to go to LAN and then I joined for the two seasons they did it online. And I hear that, I don't think it's confirmed yet, but I hear rumours that it's going back to LAN this year and I'm not sure if I'm going to be doing it this year. So it's like worst timing ever in that sense. Yeah, that is that is very frustrating. And I was about to ask that as well, because we're at a funny time in the season now, not all the teams. Well, in fact, I'm not sure if any of the teams have officially announced the the lineups for their um for their F1 esports teams for the next season. So is this a bit of a tense time amongst the kind of like the Red Bull card of people who have raced before or currently racing another se- series as you're all kind of trying to work out who's going to be doing what for the year? What's it like behind the scenes uh, at this time? Uh, to be honest, I think it's pretty chilled out. I mean, the for me one of the deciding factors is whether or not i like the game because as of right now i don't like the game and i haven't liked it yeah and the beta came out and i heard good things saying that um the feel of the car was a lot better so i need to try myself when, That's exciting. yeah yeah i i really hope it's not going to be changed if that is the case um but i mean we, we've already got our lineups sorted as far as i'm aware like um mm. so it's um, obviously I can't say what they are, but I, th- I think it's pretty <laughs> straightforward. And I think most teams probably have them sorted as well. But yeah. it's just kind of a question for me how much involvement I have is uh, dependent on how the game feels. And because I'm probably going to be doing the next season of ESL R1, so balance, because normally my first half of the year is all Porsche, and because that is my main series and that's gonna require my full focus for half the year uh, the only reason i started doing r1 kind of near the end is because um robbie's been a bit busy with college and also pesk wasn't going mm-hmm. well so i wanted to kind of become less emotionally invested so that i'm not as stressed out if it goes ra- badly um so yeah i'm planning to do the second season of that which means that it will be in the second half of the year which is when f1 is so it's kind of i need to see how uh, how i like the game and if i like the game it will be because i'm fast i it could drive amazingly but if i'm slow i won't enjoy mm. the game so and that, that that's one of the issues i have with the f1 game is even though i think the feeling of it is really bad the the main issue is i'm not as fast as i am on other games so and i, I just can't figure it out because i can't feel the car and i'm having to um do some very weird analysis of driving that doesn't make sense and 
um, yeah. figure out tricks within the game. It's just rubbish stuff. So I, I hope that the next Steph one game will be a bit more intuitive, basically. I think you're speaking for everyone there. Yeah. I think I think there's a lot of sim racers out there who, who love F1, have watched F1 for years and years and years and would love to kind of replicate that feeling and i think everyone kind of goes through the same arc i think i i think i went through a similar arc to most people in that i fell in love with f1 fell in love with online racing went to the f1 game really really enjoyed it thought it was great i loved the uh you know the pit stop strategy speaking to your engineer like the single player the online lobbies back in like 2018 2019 when they were they were you know stable um and i would have a lot of fun and then you try something like i racing you'd be like oh Oh, okay. This is this is what sim racing should. Now I can yeah. I can I'm I'm getting the the car is now speaking to me through my wheel and my. But this is a whole new sensation. And then maybe you try a, a set of courses and you're like, oh, okay. This is you know this is nuts. This is this yeah. is such a different experience. And I feel like I'm engaging a lot more with the game because I'm getting a lot more information uh, back sent back to me. And then you go back to F1 because you just want to have a bit of fun again. And you like can't feel it. Oh, I, I can't go back. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that the people who have, they maybe they don't win the championship, but the people that have the best raw pace in F1 are the people that just don't drive other games. They just play F1 mm. all year round because it's it's not... Um, it, it You're just basically building muscle memory of what's fast. You're not feeling the car, really. You're just basically doing the same thing over and over until it's until you can't do wrong basically mm. like i when i'm i'm making adjustments but i don't really feel the car get loose i'm just i just know the car's going to get loose if i don't make that adjustment and that's why f1 esports the hours that people put in for practice is just ridiculous because you just keep getting more and more consistent because there's you start at such a low point of like feeling basically at least for mm. me that's that's how i describe it and you're almost learning the dance you're learning the routine yes exactly and each track is just a new routine that you have to perfect but it takes me like a lot longer to learn a new track on f1 than it would on any other game basically oh that's that's really interesting yeah just just because i can't feel what the car should be doing really um whereas mm. on i racing or our factor or a set of course that i can hop on and i feel like i'll be within a few temps of my ultimate pace within like 10 15 minutes if i know the track already um whereas on that that makes a lot of sense yeah. it makes a lot of sense when you when you put it like that um so i'm conscious not to bash f1 too much because hey, i love <laughs> it it's my spiritual home of sim racing and, I, and i'm really excited by the fact that you just said that you've heard people who have raced the beta saying it's a lot better for 23 that fills me with a lot of hope um i can't wait for the game to come out i always get it and the last three years i've got it and i've moaned about it and i said i'll never get this game again and then obviously i just get it again. yeah <laughs> it's like, it's like as soon as it comes out like people yeah just exactly everyone uh, we'll go we will, we will do this dance as well and we'll have something to moan about on twitter and we'll be happy it'll be fine um but it's something interesting that you said there. so you've raced a lot of different car disciplines within sim racing so different types of cars different types of racing different types of aero etc and it sounds to me like actually you're you you can adapt pretty quickly and you you said yourself that you like you'll race anything wherever the the highest yeah. level of competition is that's where you'll go you don't really mind so you can adapt to the cars but it does sound like you have difficulty adapting between 
the games why do you like and i know we're using f1 which perhaps is an extreme example versus iRacing but why do you think that is to be honest with you um this i think is a really interesting point f1 is the only game i've ever struggled to adapt to in my opinion um like to to a really good level i maybe when i did project cars briefly in I want to say 2017, 18, I showed, but I also think I was mm. a much worse driver back then than I am now. Uh, whereas for, I think it was the end of 2021, we did virtual Le Mans and I went on R-Factor and I had no problem there. And then with Ren Sport, I've got up to pace on that to a point that I'm happy. Um, and when I've done AC in the past, I've felt pretty comfortable on that. It's purely the F1 game that I've struggled with uh mm. because of the lack of feeling and to be honest i also struggle coming back to i racing which is the most interesting one because oh interesting i it is my main game i've spent thousands of hours on i racing yet if i go away for a few months and come back to i racing it it feels completely alien to me and i it feels like i'm almost learning from scratch so and i think that's partly because of the force feedback not being quite um yeah, well, there's a few things it's the one the ultra sensitive tire model um yeah but then yeah, also yeah. the the feeling and the force feedback is just a bit weird at times whereas when i'm because i'm swapping between ren sport and irising quite often at the moment and whenever i go on ren sport i'm up to pace obviously not on my ultimate pace because that takes days to get to but i'll, I'll be within a couple attempts I, I think the other day i did pesk and then within five laps on Ren Spot, I was three temps off what my PB is now. So it was pretty quick. Wow. Whereas on iRacing, yeah, I, I reckon yeah. I'd be, well, I, in fact, I know I would be, I think for Spa, my first laps were two seconds off pace. And I was like driving around like, right, this okay, feels fast. Yeah. I don't know why I'm two seconds off because I'm just manipulating the tire model in the wrong way. Basically, I'm not getting the grip from the car. Obviously, I wasn't driving amazing, but it's, uh, the it's very sensitive on iRacing whereas those games that i think are more intuitive you just feel the car mm. better interesting and how would you how would you characterize these games if you had to compare and let's leave f1 out of this but if you had to compare iRacing ACC Ren Sport could you quickly be like this one is is a bit understeer this one is a bit oversteer this one's really sensitive like is how do you kind of like characterize each one yeah uh I've not driven ACC much recently. I've only dabbled in it a little bit in the past. So probably best if I set up about R-Factor instead. But the issue is okay, I think yeah. it comes down to a lot of the mods. But mm. I would say Ren Sport is the most aggressive driving required. You have to... It takes me a few laps to warm up, basically. Whereas on iRacing, I can drive fast almost straight away. Because on iRacing, braking-wise it's super smooth throttle wise actually is more aggressive than ren sport at least in the car i drive and then steering wise i don't fully understand what's fast but it's i think also about being smooth whereas in ren sport ren, ren sport's a, a weird one because you drive in you have a completely different driving style between qualifying and race so in quali you're super aggressive with every input to make the car rotate and the tires you just destroy them for one lap and that's it uh, whereas i racing if you destroy them for one corner you won't have grip at the next 
So you, mm. you have to be smooth no matter what. You ba I basically drive the same way in quality as I do in race, just as fast as possible without scrubbing tires. Um, so the the way I'd describe I racing would be ultra smooth braking. Then a Ren Sport would be the polar opposite of that, like slamming the brake as hard as you can and then basically steering it and releasing the brake in a very aggressive way to make the the wheel uh, the, wheel, the the car turn and then something like r factor i feel like is more of a middle ground where you're not using the brake to turn from my experience of like driving gt3 uh on that it's like you're more using the steering to turn whereas in Rensport i think it's more the brake to turn which sounds really weird that's but... It's fascinating, isn't it? Because essentially, sim racing has this like additional, well, it has two different artificial layers. So you have, so you know, you have your your track, which is obviously has variables depending on the, the marbles, the uh, temperature of the track, etc., weather conditions. Um, then you have the car, and obviously, different cars drive differently. So that's that's the same as in the real world. But then in sim racing, you also then have to apply. An additional filter of the game mm. because the game's physics models are different and so the same car on the same track in the same conditions will actually behave differently from one sim to another and then actually there's a there's a fourth kind of dimension here which is the actual rig you're using and how that all of that data then gets transferred into the force feedback in the wheel whether you're using simicube or fanatec or simagic or moza or thrustmaster you have that additional layer and so you could race the same car, the same track, but actually based on whether you're racing the, the track on R-Factor or AC or Ren Sport, it could be completely different. And actually, if two of them happen to be similar, if you had a Thrustmaster on one and a, sim, a, a Simicube on the other, a, a completely different again, I suppose, which is so different to the real world of racing, right? Yeah, it's... I think people underestimate... Well, the thing is, a lot of people will just stick to one sim and they don't swap. Mm. But it, for someone that does actually swap between those, the adaptability you have to learn is like crazy. And I've learned so many things about driving styles that I wouldn't have learned if I didn't adapt. And those are things that maybe can apply to those other games that you just never would have tried because you thought doesn't make sense. And then when I've gone and done the the sim work for Red Bull, it's, it's like a, another game as well almost in that sense <laughs> right. like that it's a brand new driving style brand new physics obviously a lot more realistic but like the that driving style i'm then like oh so this is what i should be doing i'm not doing that on the games because it's not fast mm. but can i maybe adapt it in a a more subtle way to see if that can be used for my benefit so when i was doing the f1 um like during the season of f1 I had to start writing notes on my phone to remind myself of what was fast on the game. Like, I, I just... Because I, I'd slowly revert back to my old habits of um, what I do on another game, like iRacing or Rensport. And so I'd, like, write notes like, oh, breaking earlier is actually faster in this corner. You want to take a really tight line, even though it doesn't make sense. Uh, stuff like that. Whereas... Maybe on iRacing, because I've done it for so long, it, I don't need to remind myself. Whereas on F1, mm. you do. But it, it opens your eyes to a more um, analytical um, sense of yeah. driving, which I, I find really interesting, but it is really tedious to do. 
And obviously, you were driving the. This is I don't know how to say this. Like the the real world simulator, like the yeah. simulator for the for the real team. Obviously, in order to provide them with with data, so you were there to help them. But did it also work both ways? Were you learning a lot about your own driving style by using their simulator? Yeah, I think I learned more from doing those simulator sessions than just a few sessions of that than any like long sessions of sim racing because it's but i don't they weren't super applicable to sim racing but if i was to ever jump in a real car i would be multiple seconds faster now than if i didn't have that knowledge i'm pretty certain of that because it's like the complete polar opposite of what i thought would be fast and Mm. if you've never been exposed to that or taught that i think it it's you just assume you know best almost not in a yeah in a arrogant way but more in like a naive way of just you you don't know any better you, you don't know what else is even out there you wouldn't even know what to try um so opening your eyes to what just ideas of something else to try is um quite helpful in that way and i think that has helped in some ways in some racing even if it's just um a more productive way of practicing like more efficient and methodical because a lot of sim racing practices just make a click drive make a click drive um and it's there's no note taking or uh understanding of what everything does it's just kind of whatever works works so i think i think in that sense it helped quite a bit mm, and it's um it, it's interesting kind of going from the sim world to the real world what what was it what was it like kind of I don't know how to describe this, but but going into an F1 factory to work, you know, and, and I know obviously your esports um, racing as the esports team is is work and it's contributing to the the big picture of Red Bull. But walking into the, the the you know the F1 factory specifically to do some hours of work for the F1 team, where you're actually driving in, in a simulator, like what what did that feel like, like contributing to the success of the F1 team? Yeah, it it was um pretty cool to be fair. Uh, I tried. I tried not to like let it get to the head too much because you know you're still there for work. Um, so I, I was kind of like in a more just focused uh, mindset of I'm here to do a job, same as if I was doing any esports practice. But it, I think it's it's cool just being more part of it. You know, you feel like you're really contributing to the team as opposed to just. Um, having the team's name on you if that makes yeah. sense because i think esports is still relatively new so it still kind of feels like that whereas now it was like okay i'm actually contributing to the team and, you know I'm, I'm walking past christian horner's office to get to the simulator <laughs> like it's quite Nuts. um weird to just yeah casually see all these people around um i but it's did you bump into anyone? Uh, anyone to get a selfie? Was there anyone that you bumped into? Like, oh my god! I, I would uh, never ask for a selfie. Yeah, I'd be like too. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't even ask for them uh, at the best of times. So if it, if it was a work, I'd be like, no, no, no. I gotta gotta act cool. Gotta be professional. Yeah, yeah. God, um, I'm such a, such a pro. <laughs> exactly. That that's this. That if aim. Max wants a selfie with me, then that's that's fine. But that's as far as <laughs> yeah. we go, right? <laughs> exactly. But um, I think I saw. To be honest, you kind of see them just walking around all the time. Like that, um, we were having lunch and we saw Nick DeVries, um, like two tables over. We were 
um, us sat in reception and uh, Pierre walked through. Obviously, he's not there anymore, but yeah. Um, I saw Max Very when cool. I was getting an Uber back to the train station. I think once um, <laughs> you like, just kind of happen to see them, and it just becomes part of it. Um, and like I said, I walk past Christian's uh, office most times, so um, yeah, it just becomes quite normal in that sense. So be honest, were you a Red Bull Formula One fan before this all happened? To be, I'm I'm not a fan of any team really or any driver. I I gen people oh, wow. don't believe me, but I genuinely just want good racing, like close racing, because I. But you are a Formula One fan but just not necessarily of a particular team? I'd call myself more of a motorsport fan. I find sometimes okay. F1 can be too uh, processional, I think is the word. Like, mm. yeah, I, I think it's got better, like 20, was it the 2021 season? Year before last. Yeah, that, that was yeah, great. The, I loved the that. Lewis versus Max season was epic. Yeah, that I actually uh, actively wanted to watch every race. You know, I've really enjoyed that. Um, but, last year's has been kind of dull so i've not and that, that's been red bull winning you know i should be enjoying that but yeah, yeah, and yeah. it was nice to have they weren't challenged no exactly i i'd much i think max would say the same i'd much rather win a close race than a boring like 50 seconds up the road race um but it, it was mm. nice to you know have my part in helping with that but i'd also i think just also for the sake of the sport i think it better if it's um more exciting because i watch I watch a lot of football and I, I I'll be honest I love watching football more than I enjoy watching motorsport because there's more action like it's just there's guaranteed to be more action basically unless you're very unlucky and it's a nil-nil draw or something but I think that yeah. motorsport has some areas that it could be improved on to make more exciting compared to other sports yeah so I completely agree I think um I, I think yeah there's a phrase I use all the time which is like the most uh, sim racing's blessing its curse is the fact that it's so close to motorsport in the sense it's fun to do but it's not so much fun to watch because it's almost motorsport and actually a lot of the the best races that I've seen haven't been uh Formula One races or even like GT3 races it's been like British touring cars or like club racing or you know like caterers absolutely you know, th- that sort of racing is so much fun. I was fortunate enough to do a season myself in Enduro Car, which is like the, the 4KA Endurance Series, which was just bumper to bumper mm. for like six hours. I like so much. And, you, you know, you'd three wide into corners every other lap. Like you just don't get that in, in Formula One. But it was like that. You know, with, uh, sorry, it was, it was like that in Formula Ford. Right? That it's so. Well, that was so... my segue. Seb, come on, man. I'm professional here. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> so you, 2018, you had your season in Formula Ford. Tell us about it. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, to be fair, I think I kind of got into that too early. Like I said, if I jumped into a real car now, I think I'd be so much better because I didn't have the knowledge of how to drive fast mm. and I didn't quite get what I was meant to do. So. Um, but it was still an amazing year. I I did learn a lot, and I think it made me grow quite a lot as a person as well, because it was kind of exposing myself to different side of um, the world. But it was um, very uh, very tricky to kind of get used to that. And also, because a, a Formula Ford has a H-Pan gearbox, it's um, mm. it's like, and it's on the right hand side, so it's a bit different to driving a road car um learning to heel toe downshift all, all that made it very difficult so it was quite a almost like a humbling year in that sense because i went from winning a sim racing competition to getting beaten in formula ford 
Um, but towards the end of the year, the pace started getting a lot better. Um, was getting closer to the front people, but then that was it. The season ended and uh, no money to mm. continue. So it was a bit of a shame, but it gave me that taste of what um, is so great about the real world of motorsport. But like you say, it's better to do than to watch in a lot of cases. And I think that's somewhere where sim racing doesn't have to follow the real world. Like, I don't know why we have dirty air. Just doesn't doesn't make sense <laughs> yeah. to me. I don't know why we model it. Um, yeah, uh, why why simulate the the one the, the biggest factor that leads to a boring yeah, race, right? Exactly. Especially in F one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, have you made any attempts to try and go back and do any kind of real world racing, or are there any ambitions to to try and do any in the future? Yeah, I mean, my whole reason I originally got into sim racing was basically to try and do a competition that got me into real world motorsport. So I achieved that in twenty eighteen, and then can really continue. Um, I did World's Fastest Gamer in 2019, I think it was, um, and I unfortunately didn't win that. That would have got me a year of, I think it was GT3 racing, mm. um, but I've tried a little bit since, but it's really, really hard to have the time for it because you spend all that time practicing and it's it's a lot of effort to do all that practice and then start thinking about trying to get sponsorship for real life racing so it's definitely the aim but also it's really hard to manage everything because that that is what i want to do i'd not necessarily i wouldn't say i'd drop everything for it but because i still want to do sim racing alongside it but it certainly would be the priority if i had the choice Mm. um it's just and I think the the sim role has been a big help in kind of stepping towards that because I mean, it looks good on the CV for any team, yeah, doesn't it? I mean, Red, Red Bull F1 sim sim tester. Exactly. So it, and the amount of like real life driving knowledge I have compared to sim racing now, I feel like I know probably more than like almost every other sim racer for how to drive a real world car. Um, obviously, there's a few exceptions that have done some, but it's mm. um a very different kind of thing so i feel ready for it it's just a matter of getting funding and to get funding you have to work your ass off and it's uh yeah a very time consuming thing and if i want to compete at the top level of sim racing i don't think i can really do both it's like mm. it's so hard to even win sim racing when you're not focusing on other things um because you need pace motivation luck consistency everything just to combine in one year you can have one or two of the things but if you don't have all four you're not going to win mm. that's really interesting i suppose in terms of funding you, you you are kind of in the right place i suppose to get advice on funding not necessarily the funding itself you're not necessarily gonna you've obviously got a lot you're wearing right now a hell of a lot of sponsors on you but obviously that's those are red bull sponsors yeah. but there must be um a lot of very useful advice knocking around in the circles that you're in uh, you know, if it's something that you, you wanted to to take further. Um, so tell us about the, the challenges that you've um, come up against in terms of finding funding. What seems to be the, the hurdle? I think the, the first hurdle is kind of just, well, the fact that sim racing isn't big enough that I'm starting already with a big brand. Whereas I think, or it, it, to take me on, is a risk more of a risk than taking on a kid that's just one f4 i could win 
mm. every sim racing competition in the world in the same year, and I'd still be more of a risk to take on than an F, like a kid that won F4, because I'm going from virtual to real, and would a sponsor really want to take that risk? I think it, I think it makes a great opportunity for storytelling, and it could make for great content, you know, doing that virtual to real, but it's still a risk. And I think a lot of people still would almost associate it like, oh, video games don't uh, translate to the real thing. He's just going to crash mm. and cost loads of money to damages. Um, but then secondly, I think it's um, sim racing isn't big enough that I have a big enough audience to justify it. Uh, unless you get into a big series like F3, where you have, you know, you're part of the F1 support package and you have loads of viewers. Otherwise, why would a sponsor want to, like when I did Formula Ford, why why would a sponsor want to put their logo on a car that gets 200 viewers um, on a race? So it, it's tricky because, you know, the series that have the huge viewers, like F3, you need like a million pounds a year or something so whereas if you did uh, formula ford 50k a year which is still ridiculous you get a couple hundred views per race so it's um very tricky to find that balance and i think you need to know um some people to at least help you begin and then you can start to prove yourself but if you don't have that opportunity to prove yourself then there's very much this stigma or not stigma but i feel like just lack of um confidence because mm. i've not proven myself in a real car yet see a lot of um a lot of sim racers have um come up with that same problem so they've they've kind of had this ambition to go real world racing off the back of their sim racing and so um they realize that they won't necessarily get the viewers in the smaller series that they're racing in so instead they stream and they build up these followers of fifty thousand, a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, or you know a million followers and then you know they can get racing race supporting sponsorship from the stream but you know they'll they'll, yeah. they'll have a sponsor who's on the car but actually they're getting most of their viewers from the stream but it's just allowing them to go racing which helps them with the story and yeah gives the the, the content creator more um kind of more more stories to tell and more content so do you stream at all is it something that you're considering doing or? yeah I, i've streamed a little bit um i actually what happened before the start of the season was I started streaming and then once I got into practice I realized I just didn't have time like because practice mm -hmm. is you do practice for I don't know five six seven hours a day and then you have to drive for a couple more hours to stream it's just it destroys your body like even just yeah. from practice alone my body is in huge pain and my when I go and see my PTs like you got the body of an old man just from sitting in that chair of driving all day um, like it's so unhealthy. That's fascinating. It is. As in, is it, is it because it's, um, okay, so let's, let's go, let's dive into that. Is that because it's like a sedentary position and the movement of your arms and feet aren't enough to counter the fact that it's that sitting position or is it because you're doing these micro movements with the same muscles over and over, almost like carpal tunnel? Yes. Like what's the, what's the, I think, what's causing the issue? I, think it, I don't know exactly what's causing the issue, but I know that I have imbalances on my, in my body because my left leg, which is pressing the brake is stronger than my right um mm. so then i have um i think a tighter left hip flexor than my right or maybe it's the other way around um but that means right. that some exercise i have limited mobility on one side compared to the other and then i get 
I have really limited mobility of my shoulders because you're kind of tensing you're up as you're, yeah, you're tensing up as you're driving. Mm. Um, it's kind of stuff like that, and then also it's because you're just sitting down. At least people in an office they get up and go get coffee or something, but. When I when I'm zoned right. in, I'm like I'm driving for two three hours straight. You know, it's... you don't get up. No, other than it's, lunch it, or the might... toilet. I don't know what reference I'm using here, but I kind of figured that you would do like right. We're gonna do a half an hour session on quality, and then we're gonna do a forty five minute session where we're gonna do wet, and then we're gonna do an hour session where we're gonna do like a uh, some race starts or or whatever, and then you'd have breaks. Is it is it? Are you saying that you sit in the chair and for two and a half hours you just drive? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, for F one esports, wow. it would be get on at nine, drive for three hours until twelve, have a one or two hour lunch break, and then the same again, three more hours, uh, then dinner, and then some leading up to event we turn it up a bit and we then do an evening session as well but only time i'm getting up is for the toilet during that time so when you say drive right so let's take that nine till 12 and you say you're driving for three hours is is that just a three hour practice session and you just do whatever tweak setups go out and you're doing different runs or do you have somebody who's giving you like a structure to follow like what, what break down drive a little bit uh to be honest it it depends on the game. So on Ren Sport at the moment, we have this ability to make a session where your tires reset as you cross the line every lap. And it mm. can turn into basically, you know, like if you did world record hunting on like an F1 game where it's just same thing over and yeah. over. I, I've i been able to like do that for just hours on end without stopping when I'm really zoned in. And that that is when it's the worst for your body because you don't even rest between laps. Yeah, yeah. It's just... Whereas on F1, when we're doing qualifying practice, you have to drive to the pits, drive a whole outlap, then wait in the garage because an 18-minute session, but you only have three sets of tyres. Um, so you have time in the garage to just chill for a minute where you're not actually moving. You could probably get up and stretch, but to do that every single time would get quite annoying. And also, mm. like you might just run out of time if you do that. Uh, so... It depends on the game in that sense, but most mostly, like it's not like we have a set idea of what we're trying. We're just coming up with ideas in our head. Like, okay, um, my car's a bit loose in this corner. I want to make it a bit more stable. Let me try the diff, or let me try the front wing, or and it's just trial and error basically for mm. hours and hours. There's no real um set method where and then in rents we don't even have setups so i'm just for example yeah, on hockenheim at the moment i'm struggling in sector three so uh i was looking at replays of what my teammates are doing i was looking at telemetry i was then looking at my own replay to try and identify it and after that i still can't figure it out so <laughs> so it's <laughs> right. but i'm it's getting better but uh it, it's just kind of constant troubleshooting i feel like is the the way to describe it that you're never quite satisfied or very rarely that's fascinating and, and do you do much race practice together do you when you're on, presumably at some point you're in the same lobby and you do, do you race together and and what's that like i imagine even in practice you guys are pretty competitive yeah i, I to be honest that's probably the most fun part um normally right. like uh, sometimes what we'll do is we will specifically drive as aggressive as because it's very easy when you're in practice to drive too nice because you don't want to waste your time mm. but the reality is in races there are some 
absolute bandits out there that will just dive you from god knows how far back yeah, yeah. so sometimes we will just say all right we're gonna i'm gonna drive really aggressive this race and let's see what i can get away with and then it can get very dirty very quickly <laughs> because <laughs> everyone starts doing it um but you, you kind of have to do this to find the limit it's like finding the limit of where an off track is or invalidating a lap you have to do it to find out so you have to see how far back you can dive from um to see what the limit is effectively mm, i suppose if you're going to practice that on any human being i guess your teammate is probably the the safest yeah and there, there's no real issue if you do it in practice i mean i i've definitely been in a few scenarios where we're we're not even like testing racecraft we're like okay we're doing a proper test race now where we're we're all taking this very seriously and then there's been arguing mm. because someone does like a, a very aggressive move and then you know emotions are high because we're taking this one <laughs> right. seriously we want to win so it does happen but it's quite rare um, mostly it's all fun and games okay i'll take your word <laughs> <laughs> right so be honest here this is something i've always been fascinated by if you're ever having a bit of a down day or you're like you know what i'm just not getting my driving together i can't work out what it is i've just lost that run of form do you ever just go into a public lobby and just absolutely annihilate everyone <laughs> just for a bit of an ego boost before you then head back into training? Like, if you like, how much like public lobby stuff do you do like just for the crap? Obvious. I never, ever, ever join public lobbies. It, it's kind of like it's kind of sad that I <laughs> don't do it. I think I prayed in my first public lobby race in over a year when the Formula Ford came out in week thirteen of iRacing. But to be honest, if I'm having a bad day of driving, I will just not drive for the rest of the day because I think. If I drive a bad day, I'm just going to create bad habits. I think it's actually mm. better to just rest, go do something productive, like go to the gym, uh, go for a run. I don't want to drive when I'm driving badly because I will just make bad habits, get really frustrated, maybe break something because I get so frustrated. <laughs> and Does that happen? Uh, occasionally. I'm not the worst for it, though. I've had some big rages in my team. But... Um, <laughs> it's just not productive and that's i think the key you want everything to be as productive as possible yeah well that sounds like uh a very sensible measured approach um seb thank you very much for your time i know you've got to get off uh, you've got more practice to do etc um so thank you for giving us your time and your insights into what it's like being a red bull racing esports driver it's been absolutely fascinating um if people listening want to follow you or just follow your journey um give us your twitch twitter facebook instagram what do you use? yeah i think it's just um i actually changed my twitter recently it's at sebastian job j-o-b spelled like job underscore i want to say and it's the same on instagram that i mostly use twitter though to be honest um no point following me elsewhere maybe twitch but it's rare that i stream at the moment but that would just be twitch.tv slash sebastian job um yeah i think that's everything but yeah it's been a pleasure so thank you for having me on thank you very much really appreciate it and good luck with any and all of the racing that you do for the rest of the year thank you cheers thank you. okay guys welcome back and tom could you imagine training in blocks like that? Just the massive amount of time that he's committing to the, just lapping and lapping and lapping. I, my arms would go to jelly. Yeah, it's kind of nuts. Like three or four hours from like nine till like lunchtime, just solidly lapping is pretty nuts. But I mean, it comes at a price, right? So he was saying yeah. all about how 
Like he has to go to the physio quite often because he's so tense in his shoulders and he's got one leg stronger than the other. And it's kind of putting like the <laughs> his, load like, body out of really alignment. Like, that's, a, that's a big price to pay. But, you know, he's a fucking champion of uh, the, the Porsche series and he's F1 esports. And now he's doing uh, Rensport ESL R1. So, you know, it's the it's the price of all that practice. Um, but it was also interesting hearing what he had to say about the the, the new F one game and the old F one games. So I think it's safe to say yeah. he wasn't a huge fan of the uh, the old F one game. He wasn't too happy with the, the feedback that he was getting or wasn't getting from the old right, game. Right, right. But exciting to hear that he's hearing um, from his fellow drivers that the new game feels much much better, and this could be a huge step up for the F one franchise. I am excited for that. Yeah, every single time I, I hear anyone talk about the new game or just, uh, you know, the excitement train is running at full steam right now. And mm -hmm. I do this every year where I'm like, am I going to get the new game or am I going to wait and see? Right. And it's making it harder and harder and harder <laughs> to just hold off that credit card charge I'm on Steam. It. I am doing it. I, I've never heard the drivers talk so much about the handling and how it yeah. feels so much better. Um, you know, last time we didn't really hear about improvements. We just heard some niggles that some of the drivers had about like the interface or the, the, the various like campaign modes or the buggy lobbies, etc. But it's all positive at the moment. So I think I'm going to get it. Well, I'm super excited about it. And if you get it, it'll probably entice me to get it. But if anyone else out there does end up getting F1 2023, we're going to be having F1 2023 leagues all over GridFinder. So if you're looking yes. for something to join, go ahead. And we haven't added it yet, but we will be adding it very soon once we get all the confirmation and the details. But you can find an F122 league to kind of get going right now if you want head on over to gridfinder.com join any league we have all the platforms all the games and uh find that perfect league for you and if you're a league owner go ahead and fill up your grid by listing your league on gridfinder as well and have those drivers applying to you instead of you seeking them out but other than that this was a great episode we appreciate you watching and listening whatever you chose to do on this episode and we will see you next time